Join me in the book of Psalms in the first Psalm. Psalms 1. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is this first Psalm. Last week we, we talked about overcoming our fear and what makes us afraid. And Psalms 27, we talked about, uh, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. He's my strength. He is Lord. Whom shall I be afraid? David said. And when we think about it, there are things that might make us afraid, but we should, we should not allow our spiritual life to be robbed of the joy uh, because we are living in fear of things that might happen. Now, every one of us, at one time or another, uh, has put on our worry suit and set it home and let life go by because we're afraid of something. And we allow that to roll with inside of us. And it goes on and on and on. And if we're not careful then we begin to allow that to overtake us. And our life becomes a life filled with worry and struggle and fear. God never intended for us to live that way. God never intended for us to place ourselves in a position where our minds are, are filled with what can we do, what do I do, and, and all of these other things. Now, there are times when, when we have to spend time uh, thinking through things. But most of the time, it's, it's things that you and I just need to commit to prayer. How are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? I don't know. Let's let the Lord decide that. And it's much easier. Have you ever found that to be true? Let the Lord take care of that. It's amazing what he'll do. If we just allow him to be the Lord that we call him in our life, which means he's in control of that. So there are a lot of things that will challenge us. There are a lot of things that will try to keep us from being everything that God wants. But more especially, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this in another week or two, <clears throat> God, God intended for us to live in joy. And we don't live in joy. We let things rob us of joy. Now, Satan is, uh, all of us understand, Satan is very much alive. He's active and he is out to destroy us. And I'm going to tell you this again. I've, I've told you this on several occasions and I never will forget. I, I said this one time uh, in another church. And a lady caught me after church, and she laced me down pretty good because I was wrong. Because here's what I said. When Satan is challenging you, and Satan is, is after you, and, and things are happening, and, and Satan is, is trying to pull you away from uh, the direction that you're going, don't turn around and talk to him. Just leave it to the Lord. Don't say a word to him. 
just leave it to the Lord. And I, I pointed out the fact at that particular time that there were a lot of people that used to say, well, if Satan is after you, just turn around and look at him and say, get behind me, Satan, and tell him to get away and all of these other things. And I said, don't do that. Well, when she caught me, she said, you have to do that. And so on and on it went. I listened to her for a few minutes. And I said, have you ever read the first three chapters of Genesis? Well, yes, I have. Okay. You remember when Adam and Eve were tempted and God came down in the garden? He spoke to Adam. He spoke to Eve. He didn't say a word to Satan. He cursed him. He didn't talk to him. He didn't address him. He cursed him. He talked to Adam. He talked to Eve. They talked to him. God cursed Satan. You have nothing to say to Satan. Period. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm going to tell you this. He is a lot more powerful than you are. And all he needs you to do is to turn around and say, get behind me, and he'll grab you, and he's got you. And he'll pull you down. So how about if we kept our minds focused on God and lived happy and not focused on our situations that Satan brings to us to lure us and to draw us away from God, and live in the doldrums of what this world has to offer, and we lose the joy of, of what God has brought to us, how about if we just be happy? I'm fixing to kill this fly. If I can ever catch it. That's satanic right there. See? Now, how many of you had rather be happy? Be happy. You know, years ago, there was this, this song that came out by a, a fellow by the name of Bob Marley. And you remember the song? Don't worry. Be happy. Now they got another song that come out, and I heard it the other day. And the only words I can understand to it are... Uh, Clap along if you want to be happy. And that's probably not the words, but I can't understand the rest of what he said. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Have you heard that song? Clap along if you, uh, I don't know, but it is about being happy. Clap along. Well, how about if we just walk with God and be happy? Negative people will destroy you. You know that? They will tear you completely down. And it's best to avoid negative people. And, and not allow that to affect who you are. So if we're going to do that, then we have to make our, bring ourselves to the place where we have learned to be happy. 
Now, in Psalms 1, it begins, if you have a King James Version, and I didn't read any of the other versions because I like my King James Version of this, but Psalms 1 begins with the word blessed, blessed. It's the same word, basically, through the Scripture. It's the same word that Jesus used in the Sermon on the Mount. When he gave us the Beatitudes, he used the word blessed. Now, the word blessed in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word has several different meanings. And it, it really depends on, on uh, the tense that's used and how it's used. And there are, there are different meanings to it. But, but the overall meaning of blessed is happy. And in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, happy are those, is what he was saying. Now, in Psalms 1, David uses the same word uh, in the Hebrew. And it basically, again, it has its meanings, but it means to us happy. And as he begins to describe this individual that uh, is happy, the first three verses of, of this six-verse psalm the three verses one two three have everything that you need so that you can be happy and all you have to do is get a hold of them now i want you to think within yourself for just a moment in your life even right now has something touched you or affected you in the last day or so or maybe last week and you're still not happy. You put on a face. You put on a show. But are you happy on the inside? Are you happy right now? Are you happy? Okay. Now, if you're, you're not, we're not saying anything. I don't want you to. But if you're saying to yourself, no, I'm not happy. And if he knew what was going on, then he would understand why I'm not. Well, number one, I don't understand what's going on, but God does. And don't ever look at God and say, God, you don't understand. Yes, he does. And so what he wants is to help us to understand what it means to be happy and remain that way. So preacher, are you happy all the time? Did y'all hear that? I was afraid of that. No, I'm not. No. But I get over it pretty quick, especially after I get home. I may not be happy all the time, but folks, we can be happy the majority of the time. Okay? Things are going to affect us. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen that pull us back. Things are going to happen that, that are going to make us angry. But you remember what the scripture says? Be angry and do what? Sin not. The anger that he's talking about there is a righteous anger. Be angry at those things that are against God. But don't be angry at someone and let it hang on and hang on and hang on and hang on. That destroys us. That that makes us lose what this happiness is really all about. 
So let's, let's look in verse 1. As we, tonight, I want to just share some things with you. And, and like I told you, this, this is one of my favorite psalms uh, to be able to share it. And if we read these verses, uh, basically on, on a daily basis, and then apply these things that we see within the verse, it's very easy to see and it's very easy to pick out what God is saying to us. So the first verse, Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, period. So what do we do if we want to be happy? Happiness comes from the principles that guide your life. If you want to be happy and happy in your walk and and happy in your way, there are principles that he put in this first verse that guide us to understand this is what you do if you want to live in happiness in your life as you walk through this life and endure the struggles and the hardships that a lot of us have to go through. So what are these principles that God gives to us? Now, the first thing that he, that he did, and you notice this, is that he put a, a, a punctuation mark on the negative side of this. Because basically what he's saying is, blessed is the man that doesn't do this. And if you don't do this, then you will find yourself happy. Let's look at it. The negative side. First of all, he says, don't, don't be counseling with people that have no regard for God. Blessed are the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Isn't it amazing that we try to find answers to things from those who have no concept of who God is? And there are those that, that sit in front of a, a television set when the news comes on and they worship at the God of lies. And we take all of that stuff in. I don't know how many times last year I said, and I still say, and this, this comes from the book of Norman chapter 2, I'm not here. We've been lied to. We've been deceived. I know what all went on. Don't, don't try to tell me that. And don't try to convince me that everything was up and above board. We were hogtied. We were chained. And the Kool-Aid was forced on us. That's my perception. But we listened And we worshiped at at those that had no concept of what God was doing. How many times on the news did you hear somebody say, God's at work in this world and God is causing us to stop and see where we are in our relationship with Him if we want our country to progress and to be everything that it needs to be and let's let God do His work. How How many of them did you hear say, that all of a sudden we had these things and, and now we had a vaccine that can cover this. And all they ever talked about was if it wasn't for uh, uh, Flouncy and, and uh, Johnson and & Johnson and Moderna and whatever that other one was, these people are the saviors of the world. No, they're not. God provided that. Amen. We don't Amen. worship of people that are totally negative about everything and have no idea 
about God. I understand. I, I do. I get it. I understand. But a lot of this stuff I've held back for too long. Because, folks, we don't, we don't need to let people that are so, so focused on science and other things. And I, I know that science is a great thing. But they're so focused on this, they have no concept of who God is. Amen. They don't know anything about Him. And then we hear these people say, come and listen to me because I give you facts, not fear. That just burns me. Because every time you turn that television on and the word COVID came across it, we got afraid. We did. We did. Now, I use that illustration in a lot because I believe it. But I use that illustration because it's familiar to us and it's still fresh in our minds. But you think about others that, that want to counsel us on how we need to live and what we need to do. And that will come and tell you, say, you don't, you don't need to be at that church all the time. God understands what you're doing. You don't need to go here, do this for the Lord. You don't need to do this for the Lord. You don't need to do these other things. And they want to counsel us and tell us these things. They're not concerned with the word. They're concerned with the world. And the world is not what makes us happy. If it's the world that's making us happy, then we have to check up on our relationship with God. Because there's not a thing in this world, not one thing in this world, that is going to be in heaven with us. Aren't you glad? We don't have this mess. We don't have to put up with it. And all of these things people try to take away from us. Blessed are those that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Standing in the way of sinners. Come and join me. Come and do what I do. I have a lot of fun doing these things. Come and, come and go with me and, and you'll see just, just what uh, fun really is. No. You know, it, it's, it is fun serving the Lord, though. You know that? And you, and you reach a point sometimes where uh, serving the Lord, we, we make it a drudgery. Oh, I've got to go. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've, I've got to do something else. You know, one of the things that, that preachers used to say to each other, and you say it to yourself, is, is when I walk out of here, after this service is over, you know what hits my mind? Three more next week. Three more next week. I've got to get this one ready for Wednesday, and I've got two more to get ready for Sunday. Three more coming next week. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? That's where your mind goes. And, and we, we say that to each other because we want the other one to feel sorry for us in some way or the other. But isn't it amazing how that God, even though I might, I might walk out that door and I say, oh my, three more, three more. You know, God's already got the three more all ready for me. All I got to do is go get it. It's ready. It's there. All you got to do is go get it. When God brings us to something, and this is this old saying, you know it. When God brings you to it, he'll do what? He'll bring you through it every time. So why should we stand with sinners 
and find ourselves with problems and difficulties and things that happen to us when we could just easily be walking with God and God be bringing the joy and the happiness to our life. Blessed are those who don't stand with sinners, that counsel with the ungodly, and you don't sit in the seat of the scornful. We rebel against God. We rebel because we think God wants us to do too much. When we walk the way of the world, and we begin to embrace the things of the world, all of a sudden we find ourselves not rejoicing in God, but sneering at God because we want something done and it's not being done. We want it done right now and it's not being done. We want it changed, but it's not being done. God's not listening. God doesn't care. God doesn't love us. God's not paying attention. All of these things begin to flow inside of us. When the truth of the matter is, God is standing there waiting for you just to reach up and take his hand. There's one little word that I've, I've been using uh, for quite a while with uh, different individuals. But it's a little word called wait. W-A-I-T. Wait. Why isn't God? I don't know, but wait. Why doesn't God? I don't know. Wait. Why won't God? I don't know. Wait. Wait. And isn't, isn't that a word that God used to us on several different occasions in the Scriptures? Wait on the Lord. And what will He do, Isaiah said? He will renew your strength. Wait on the Lord. Don't, don't listen to what the world has to say. This, this is all gathered to us by Satan, and he brings it to us. He wants us to sneer at God, and he wants us to believe that God doesn't care about us. So... What do we do? You need to decide in your, in your heart, in your, your uh, mind, just exactly what your principles really are. Do you accentuate the positive things of God? Or do you focus yourself on the negative things that the world brings to us and, and throws at us that robs us of the happiness that you and I have in Christ? Accentuate the, the principles that, that God gives to us. You delight in the Lord, and he tells us to do that. We find pleasure in the Lord, but we do it in verse 2. Look at what he said. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now, the law is the word of God that we all have in our hands. If God, if you come to him and say, God, I wish you would just show me these things. Guess what he's going to say? I sent you a book. Open it up, and you'll find everything you need right there. And folks, every difficulty that we face, here's the answer. It's all right here. It's everything that you need. So what happens if we turn loose of these things that are negative, and we focus on the positive, and we delight in the law of the Lord, and in His law does He meditate day and night. One of the meanings of that word meditate, it means to mo moan or to ponder, but it also has a meaning of chew the cud. To chew the cud. Y'all know what that is, don't you? 
You've all, we've all seen those old cows laying out in the field and their bellies are full and they're laying down in that green grass and their mouths are just going like this. Chewing the cud. They bring it up. They chew it again. They bring it back down. They bring it back up and chew it again. I used to watch that all the time when Billy was eating. He'd eat it and then he'd bring it up and he'd chew it. And then that's the truth. He used, he used to fall asleep at his plate. Billy did. He'd be eating, and we look over at him, and he's going like this. And one time we put him to bed, and I, we walk back in there, and he's in, his, he's in his crib. We walk back in there, and he's standing up, and he's chewing something. And I don't know if it was me or his mother, but one of us stuck our, his, our finger in his mouth because we didn't know what he had. We thought, he's about to swallow something. Pulled it out. It was a roast from lunch. He's still chewing it. And every time I think of that, that's what I think of. He's still chewing it over and over again. Well, you know, he had a pretty good idea. Because you know what this says? When you delight in the Word of God, you chew it over and over and over again because it never gets old you see what i'm saying it's always new great is thy faithfulness jeremiah said and god's word is always new to us so we are to meditate on the word of god we are to ponder we are to fill our hearts with the word of god and when we do that it's amazing when we set the principles of being positive in the word how happy we can be in the lord there's a second thing that they say here and that is if you want to be happy get your principles lined up but also you need to plant yourself where god can use you now god plants us and when God plants us, He plants us with a purpose. Now you think back over your life for a minute, and, and all of a sudden you find yourself realizing a progression that took place as God brought you from here to here to here to here to here. Brought you there. And brought you here so that you could be doing what you want to do for the Lord. Did you ever wonder why, if, you, if you're not from Pampa, did you ever wonder why you wound up here? I bet you thought that. We thought that. Why, why am I here? The first time I came here, I needed a job. Mama, mama didn't mind me staying at home, but Daddy broke my dinner plate and said, I'll see you. And I got a job. And here I came, Here. Went to work here. And I used to drive up and down these streets around here. And I'm going to tell you, this is the truth. I used to drive by this church and I thought I'd love to pastor that church right there. Wonder how. Wonder why. Isn't it amazing when God plants you somewhere? He's got a purpose for where he puts you. He's got a purpose 
for what He wants in your life and what you need to be doing. And if we allow God to plant us with that purpose, then we become rooted. And we root ourselves into the purpose of God. We ground ourselves in the purpose of God. And then from that, we begin to grow. Our strength increases. We become stable in what God wants us to do. Our foundations are sure. No matter what may happen, it's all secure by God. And that security comes to us because we are planted. Verse 3, and we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You fulfill the purpose of God. It, it doesn't come by chance. It doesn't come by fate. Moses wasn't brought out and taken to the burning bush by fate. Noah wasn't taken out by fate. Abraham wasn't chosen by fate. It's all about the purpose of God and everything that God does for us. And where we are right now is by the purpose of God. If we keep ourselves in the Lord, then God is the one that keeps us where we need to be until He moves us or He keeps us right here and we continue to serve Him like a tree that has been planted by the rivers of living water. We get everything that we need. The roots grow deep, growing deep down in that river of pardon that God has given to us. We plant, we plant ourselves and the roots grow. And from that, we receive the grace of God. From that, we understand the promises of God. Through that, we, we understand the discipline of God. From that, we draw the mercy of God into our lives. We plant ourselves, but we, what God plants us and we plant here, then we reach our roots down into the river of living water. Water that provides everything that you and I need and folks, it's called the Word of God. God will provide all that you need as long as you'll keep in this Word. And keep reading and understanding basically what God has said. All of these things come to us when we allow God to plant us. We understand we, we are here by the grace of God. And because we're planted, we're happy. And when you're happy where you're planted, guess what happens? Look at the next one. Planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. We will be productive. Productive. Planted. Productive. You want to be happy? Be productive. Now, when we think about this, and here the psalmist says we're like a tree planted, okay? So let me ask you a question. What kind of tree are you growing to be? What do you want to be? What kind of tree? How many of you want to be a, a, a pretty flowering tree? None of you? Y'all don't even want to be a tree, do you? Pretty flowering tree. Is that, is that our goal? Because you see, if, we, if we're a, a pretty flowering tree, everybody will look at us. Everybody will see us. Everybody will say, my, what a beautiful tree that is. 
Is that the kind of tree that, that God wants us to be? Well, we, we might could do that. But see, you have competition. Jesus is the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. And we have no concept of how beautiful that really is. But that's who Jesus is. Now, when we think about what is this tree that, that you and I are that would make us happy, we're, we're planted, but we need to produce. Produce. How do we do that? We produce when we surrender to the fact He is the vine, we're the branches. The branches draw from the vine. The branches show forth the fruit. Now let's think for a moment and think about the fact what makes us happy and should make us happy is pleasing God. And we please God as we bear fruit for Him. Good fruit. Telling others about Jesus. Bringing others to Jesus. Serving the Lord in, in so many different ways within our church. Doing the things that God has asked us to do. Being happy where we are with Him. We are the branches. He supplies everything that we need as we connect ourselves to the vine there. And then the fruit begins to come forth. From the Word of God through Jesus. Want to be happy? Be productive. Be productive because you've been planted. You're planted because you've set your principles. And God is able to place your roots just where He needs them to be. So be productive in what you do. Look at the next thing He says. A tree planted by the rivers of water, they bring forth fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither you want to be happy want to be happy in the things of the lord and, and the things that god gives us then folks we have to commit ourselves to permanence in the walk with god every day every day we walk with him it's a it's a, it's a permanent thing that you and i have from him this purposeful god that wants us to produce, fixes our roots down. And then He sets us so that we can understand we are to grow and continue to grow and grow and grow and grow because that's who we are. Permanently. Not taking time off. Not, not trying to set everything aside and say, I believe I'll wait five or ten years. But we set ourselves to the permanence of serving God so that we can be happy knowing that we are doing everything that He has done for us. You know, when, when certain trees encumber the ground, we cut it down. We get rid of it. It's no good. Aren't you glad that God has kept us here for permanence? We've got work to do and things to do. You want to be happy and understand we're here and we'll be with Him throughout eternity. So, if we want to be happy, we've got to understand our principles, positive and negative. If we want to be happy, we've got to understand we're planted and we let God plant us where we need to be. If you want to be happy, be productive. 
Bring fruit for bring forth fruit that's pleasing unto God. Be permanent. Not here, not there, not jumping here, over there, here, back, this, this, this. Stay the course. Be permanent. There's one other thing I want you to see. Look at the last part of verse 3. And whatever he does, see this? Whatever he does, what happens? He'll prosper. You want to prosper? You want to be prosperous? You want to prosper in the Lord? And here's what we do. We grow. And we keep growing, prospering, not prosperity, prospering. And that phrase, whatever we does, will prosper. That, that word literally means to grow. Peter, last letter he wrote, 2 Peter 3.18, that you may grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in Him. There's four ways. They're very simple. You've heard it before, but let's look at it again. Four ways that God wants us to grow. Number one, He wants you to grow inwardly. And by that I mean He wants you to be more like Jesus every day. More like Jesus. If we were more like Jesus, we would be happy in what we did, where we were. We would be happy in what's going on. Satan would challenge us. And we just turn our attention back to God and say, thank you, God. That's not mine. That's yours. I don't know what to do with it. So thank you that you're taking care of that. Did you know those two words, thank you, can change your disposition? When we learn to say, thank you, God, it'll change everything inside of you and about you. It takes away the worry, the fret. All the things that, that challenge us, that Satan wants to use to tear us down, we grow on the inside. We grow like Christ. More like Jesus. And that's what we need to be doing so that we can be happy in the things of God. Grow inwardly. Secondly, grow outwardly. And by that, I mean we need to be more sensitive to what's around us. Sensitive to those who are near us. Sensitive to the fact that, folks, every day that we walk this earth may be the last time that we walk this earth. Sensitive to the love that we have for our friends and our neighbors, for our family, to let them know. Let them know that we love them. Let them know that, that we support them. Let them know that we care about them. Growing outwardly means that we reach out to those that are a part of us. And we reach out in love and acceptance as to who they are. To let others know that, that God loves me and God loves you and I love you in Christ. We do that every morning. We do it in, in the evening when we come together at a time like this. And we encourage people to go and, and we talk about hugging somebody's neck. I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with walking up to your brother or your sister in Christ and hugging them and saying, I love you in the Lord. Not a thing in the world wrong. And that's what God wants us to do. And that helps us to be happy because we can reach out to someone else. The third way, we grow inwardly like Christ. We grow outwardly to reach out to our brothers and sisters and those around us. But we grow downwardly. Plant your roots deep into the soil that God has placed you. 
plant your roots into the study of the Word of God, listening to what He said, taking the time to find how can I deal with this, and getting in the Scripture and finding what God has for you. It's an amazing thing what God can do. But we'd have to grow, and we have to grow down. We have to grow down deep so that we'll stand firm. And these other things that he mentions in verse 1 cannot affect us. Grow down. And then the last way is that we grow upwardly. We grow higher and higher, maturing in Him. Thus saith the Lord. Studying the Word. Finding those things that God has given to us and, and keeping those things. Now, we're going to read the last three verses and this is going to close this for us. But I want you to see the difference in the things that God said to a man if you want to be happy. Because look at one that's not. Verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Isn't it great to know that the Lord knows the way of the righteous and that we'll stand with Him on that day? Isn't it a great thing to know that we have hope? We ought to be happy. Hope. Hope in the Lord. Hope of what lies ahead of us. Hope that God will see us through. When struggles, trials, worries come your way, folks, we have hope. We lay it before the Lord. We turn every bit of it loose. And when Satan comes around and he says, you remember that? And you say, Lord, thank you. I, I gave that to you, and I know I did. So I'm going to let you take care of that. Thank you. And go on about your business. Be happy. Be happy in the Lord and watch God change your life every day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. And Lord, thank you for helping us, Lord, to know what you've given to us that we might find the true joy and happiness of life. Father, I pray that we just focus our attention on you. And Father, that we love you so that we can love each other. And Father, I pray that, Father, that as we leave from here tonight, that we'll take a moment to smile at somebody and say, I love you. I love you in the Lord. Father, I pray that you help us to continue to grow and, Father, not focus our attention on the negative side of what Satan is trying to do to rob us. And, Father, we're just, we're just going to keep our eyes fixed on you. Father, I thank you that for the joy that you bring to us. I thank you for the happiness that you give us. And, Father, may we live in that and rejoice in that. May we laugh and may we share. And Father, may we just allow you to be the joy of our life. Now, Father, as you take us from here, Lord, bless us through this week. Bless those that we met, we've mentioned tonight who need our prayers and we lift them to you and ask that you bless them. Now, Father, dismiss us in your care. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, folks. Thank you.